Hi, everyone, and welcome to a, another Firms Consulting Podcast. Uh, quite an exciting topic for today. It's actually a response from a reader who has been avidly or rapidly, as we may say, following the uh, live blog on the very exciting study we're doing in the United States where we're helping one of the largest Latin American banks put together a strategy to enter the very profitable, very large, and rapidly growing U.S. financial services market. Uh, particularly around providing uh, microfinance to uh, low-income entrepreneurs, either immigrants or U.S. citizens. And, you know, we've been live blogging this, so everything that we do, you can follow it in real time, and we obviously spend a lot of time discussing what we are putting together, right? So, very interesting, exciting work. Um, It is definitely a new way to teach strategy consulting and tends to be very popular. So a reader wrote in and said, you know, Michael, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't have his question in front of me, but basically, Michael, um, what you're doing is very interesting. But one thing I don't understand is that um, how is it that you're able to come up with a story, a final storyline for the client only in the beginning of your third week of an eight to 10 week study? Um, This kind of seems to me as if, you know, you, you are giving a client a solution that you already have versus relying on the analysis to tell you what the answer will be. And isn't that the criticism that consultants get, that they they don't really develop new ideas for clients but put out what they already know? Uh, It doesn't make any sense to me, so I'm not sure how it can be right. I'm going to respond to this because this reader, I can understand his confusion, but he is wrong, and I want to explain why he's wrong. I think just... I think one thing to 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 point out about this guy's style of writing is that a lot of people have this style of communicating where they'll say, I don't understand something because I don't understand it. It must be wrong. That's a very, very bad way to communicate because it's extremely naive or egotistical or arrogant, you pick, to assume that because you don't understand something, it must be wrong. For all you know, it makes make perfect sense, but you don't have the necessary uh, mindset or the necessary prerequisite knowledge to understand it. So whenever you're having a discussion with someone, don't say, I don't understand it, and assume that because you don't understand it, um, it must be wrong. It's a very bad way to communicate. Don't do that. It's it's just not a good way to communicate. If you don't understand something, better say, look, you know, I'm sure it makes sense. I don't actually get it at this point, so I'm going to let you try it out and maybe I'll get it later. But don't make it sound as if you don't understanding it means there's something wrong with the actual work. It's just not appropriate. It actually gets, it sounds very bad to senior clients when you do it. It's You sound like a five-year-old child when you do it. Don't do that. But besides that piece of advice on how you communicate, let's get into how we are able to write this out. Now, everything I'm going to tell you is, is you can follow this if you go to the firm's consulting website and you look at our navigation bar at the top. We have something called... Uh, strategy training, click on strategy training or put the cursor over strategy training. You'll see a drop-down menu. Click on technology corporate strategy. And the entire way we do any corporate strategy for mining companies, banks, and so on is covered here. What I'm going to explain to you is covered in that training. So if you're not sure about how it's applied in the real world, go and watch that training because it'll explain it in a lot more detail than the live blog is doing it because it's the live blog. We don't have time to dig into everything in detail as much as we'd want to, but the tech corporate strategy explains everything in detail. Now, how were we able to come up with a recommendation so early? Actually, 
just so you know, we came up with a recommendation not even in the third week, but in the second week. And in a real strategy study, we'd push the team to come up with a recommendation in the first week. So, yeah, that probably doesn't help you, but that's really the way it works, right? So, look, why are we able to do that? So, think about the logic here, right? We are not doing analysis just because we have to do it. We're doing analysis because we're trying to answer some questions. And that's the fundamental mind shift you have to make. If you're just doing analyses because, oh, this is the analysis you always do in a corporate strategy study, market segmentation, um, cost-effectiveness study, revenue analysis, if that's the way you do strategy work, then yes, you have to wait for the analysis to be done to see what the analysis told you. But that's not the way we do things at elite strategy firms. We do the analysis for a reason, and that's a big shift you have to make. We start off with an objective function. What is the problem we're trying to solve with the client? We then break that objective function into the direct drivers of the problem. We then continue breaking down those drivers until we get what looks like a Christmas tree, which is actually a decision tree, right? The objective function is the apex of the tree, and then the tree breaks out. We then prioritize the branches that are most important of that decision tree to help us figure out what is impacting the objective function. For those prioritized decision trees, we then say, okay, what is the hypothesis to explain why this is an issue impacting the objective function? Once we have the hypothesis, we can then say, hey, if this is the hypothesis, what tests do we need to do to prove the hypothesis? That test then becomes the analysis. So now here's an interesting thing. You can see the difference between the way most firms do strategy and the way we do it is that we don't just do analysis because we have to do it. We do analyses which directly helps us answer an hypothesis, which directly helps us determine why a branch is prioritized, which is driven by a prioritized branch that drives the objective function. So even before we finish the analysis, because we know why we're doing the analysis, we can say, okay, if the analysis turns out to be this, what is the message we'd give to the client? If the analysis turns out to be this, what is the message that we give to the client? So you basically, for each analysis, you probably have probably one or two, at most three possible outcomes. Rather than writing a story for each outcome, we write a story for what we think is the most likely outcome. And then, if we do the analysis and it turns out to be a little bit different, obviously our outcome would change. But more or less, we don't turn out to be wrong. Very rarely do we turn out to be wrong because the logic we would apply and because we're attacking the problem from so many angles allows us to cross-reference and cross-check things. And that's the crucial point here. We don't just do analysis for the sake of doing it and therefore have to wait to see what the analysis is telling us. No. The analysis is being done to check certain hypotheses that we developed. And the hypotheses are not random. They're built up a decision tree, which is also not random because the decision tree is actually brainstorming the issues that are driving the objective function. And because we are starting from that point, we can say, hey, if these are the issues and these are the hypotheses and this is what the analysis is telling us about the hypotheses, what does it mean for the client? So that's why we are able to generate the story so early because the analyses are not done for the sake of doing them but because we know why we are doing them. And by knowing why we are doing them, we're able to go back and say, but okay, if the analysis tells us this, 
What does it mean for the test we are doing? What does it mean for the client? And this is the big way McKinsey and BCG, and I suppose Bain as well, would define the way we do analysis. We don't just decide, okay, this is the checklist of analyses we need to do. Let's do it. No, we say, hey, hold on a second. Why are we doing the analysis? What purpose does it serve? And we write out, in our mind, we are developing the story, which says that if these are the issues and this is the way the issues pan out in the analysis, this is the recommendation we'd give the client. And we can write that in the second or third week. And once we complete the analysis, we can go back and check if the story we wrote out based on what we thought the analysis would pan out to be makes sense. And if it doesn't, we'll change it. But I can tell you right now, 80 to 90% of it would turn out to be correct. And the more and more you think about it, even 95% could turn out to be correct. So by the third week of a study, the story is more or less pretty much there. Yeah, a few things will change. The data will definitely change. You know, we, if we know a certain segment of the market is going to be unprofitable, we don't know why it's unprofitable. We don't know by how much it's unprofitable, but we more or less will be able to figure out it's unprofitable. So that explains how we're able to come up with the story so early because we're not doing analyses for the sake of doing it, but because we have a reason for doing it. And the reason allows us to structure the story. And again, you know, you can't learn strategy by listening to a podcast because if that was the case, McKinsey wouldn't put people onto real projects. They'd give them my podcast to listen to. You have to go and watch a real study we've done. So watch the corporate strategy technology study. Watch the videos to see how we put it together. We go through a lot of care to teach you this approach so that you are able to deploy it in an actual study. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please feel free to write to me. I'll be more than happy to respond with detail to explain to you what we've done. But again, even if I explain to you in detail, you have to watch the videos to see how a real study is done. That's the only way you will grasp this concept. As always, take care. Good luck with the work you are doing. And obviously, I hope that these podcasts are helping you.